I'm not sure if I mentioned it before, but when my friend Clay Mason Bannerman and I want to impress our new lady friends, Tiffer and Mickey, we don't even have to take them to a restaurant. That's because we have an entire freezer stocked full of butcher box, and that includes high-quality meat and seafood that we can trust. It's so convenient. It's delivered right to our doorstep, and there's always free shipping. I mean, where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Tiffer and Mickey love it, and so will you. At least one of them is always around asking when the new ButcherBox is arriving. Sign up at ButcherBox.com slash mega and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional 20 bucks off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at ButcherBox.com slash mega and use code mega to choose your free-for-a-year offer plus 20 bucks off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. Hey, listener, it's Zach Harper, Amin Hassan, and Anthony Mays of Cinephobe. You may be asking yourself, what is Cinephobe? Amin, would you like to fill in the people? Cinephobe is the podcast where Zach and I watch movies that are poorly rated on Rotten Tomatoes and try to ascertain. I'll try to well. ascertain? Yes. Okay. Ascertain. Whether or not they're accurately poorly rated, or maybe they didn't get a fair shake. Cinephobe, produced by this guy, Anthony Mays. Hey, that's me. I produced this show. I also watched the movies, even though that wasn't included in the description, and I also ascertained. <laughs> This month is... Wow! Oh, oh, Maze, why do you say that? Supercharge it. (laughs) So that this promo can remain evergreen. I feel like explaining a little bit more. In 60 seconds? I don't know. Maybe I don't bring attention to it. Assuring people like, look, if you listen, you're going to get it. Just give it give it time. That's a good promo. Just listen to it. Give it time. You'll figure it out. Is this the promo right now? Isn't it? Okay, I think we got it. Cinefo. Wherever you get podcasts. (laughs) Because I really value truth, misinformation really, really scares me. And that's why I'm excited to tell you about Conspirituality, a podcast that dismantles new age cults, wellness grifters, and conspiracy mad yogis. At their best, they attack public health efforts in times of crisis. And at their worst, it's like they're recruiting for the fever dream of QAnon. On Conspirituality, You will have a journalist, a cult researcher, and a philosophical skeptic all discussing stories and cult dynamics and helping educate us and using proven science as their guiding light. I really recommend the Jordan Klepper episode talking about creating comedy in the MAGAverse. Jordan's incredible. And I also really love the medical medium episode. It's really good. And not just because I've had my own weird experiences with mediums. (laughs) From exploring cults to analyzing our cultural and political landscape, the Conspirituality Podcast will help you stay informed against misinformation and resist fear tactics. Find Conspirituality on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mega is an improvised satire from the staff of a fictional mega church. What's up, everyone? It's your boy, Gray Haas, and this is Megger coming to you from Twin Hills Community Church in Broad Ripple, Indiana, where we give our Megger Church a tiny family feel. You know what? It's awesome, the episode we've got today, because my co-host, Hallie Levant, is taking the week off, and I thought it would be an awesome opportunity to bring on her teenage son, Day. Now, Day is someone we've had on the podcast before, 
And, you know, I was just reflecting on some of those past episodes, and I think, and listeners have told me this, that they had a problem with how much, how difficult it can be to just hear how uh, challenging being a teenager can be and how how someone like me can really set that teenager straight and on the straight and narrow, and that is awesome. So... I did also reflect on some of the past episodes and realize, you know, they were a bit confrontational at times just because I had to take day to task. And today, my vibe is totally chill, cool, calm, collected. There's really nothing that Day could possibly say to me to make me upset, angry, or question anything. And that is how I'm going into this little chat. So, without further ado, I would like to introduce my friend, one of my best friends, and one of the best kids I've got in Climax right now. Please welcome Day Laban. Hey, Day, how you doing? Hey, what's up, Gray? Um, that was so nice. Thanks for saying such um, nice things. <laughs> well, hey, fist bump, buddy. Oh, cool. Okay. <clears throat> so, what's up, Day? What's it like to be a teen right now, and what are you into, and how are you? How's your life? Just let's, let's get real. Oh, you would like this? Great. I just was listening to the author of A Year of Living Biblically. You just made me think of this because we fist bumped. Um, because I was like looking into what it means to live biblically. Awesome. I love this. What I mean, Tay, I've got I've got God bumps right now because I just <laughs> love that you're reading something that has anything to do with living biblically. I've never heard of the book, but go on. Well, it's this guy, the author, A.J. Jacobs, I think it is. He was talking about how he wanted to follow all of the rules of the Bible for one year. So like awesome. literally living biblically, you know, literally, like as awesome. an actually literally. Awesome. And um, but anyway, I thought it was so funny that one of the things you have to do if you want to live according to the uh, rules of the Bible is that like, for instance, when you and I just fist bumped, um, I would, if I was actually living biblically, I would have to like stop before i touched you and i would have to confirm whether or not you have well you know uh spilled any seed uh, what? in 24 hours you know like blow a load like if Dang. you have in the last 24 hours you as a man are technically unclean in the same way a menstruating woman is unclean according to the bible so i should technically ask you if that has happened within 24 hours before touching you because i would have just broken a rule of the bible by fist bumping Okay, look, nothing is off limits, buddy. You can talk to me about anything, and I'm going to be the adult in the room again and say, no, I haven't, I never have, and it's not a big deal. Oh, whoa. You've never... uh, Okay, what... Nothing has ever come out except urine. What are the teens into right now? Are you into Minecraft? Are you into D&D or whatever that was last time? Yeah, I do a lot of um, RPG, like sometimes some LARPing, but I, you know, I don't know. I sometimes get like self-conscious about it. Why, buddy? You don't need to be self-conscious about it, even though it is a bit nerdy. Uh, I think you could just, you know, be free to be you as long as that you is firmly planted in Christ. Okay, facts, facts. That's cool. Yeah, but yeah, I play Minecraft. I'm into that. I'm into hardcore, you know, like. Lots of like different games. I, I really like um Flight Simulator. I like um you know Sid Meier's Civilization Six, Dota Two, uh, Prey. You know from twenty seventeen, Red Dead Redemption Two, stuff like that. You know I like Control. 
um you know uh Genshin Impact, you know that one? No. Um, Stardew Valley, no. any of those? I've never uh, heard of any of these. Uh, Grand Theft Auto is still going. Okay. Auto 5. No, you don't know. play that one, Dan. I think that one's really bad. Uh, okay. Well, okay. Well, anyway, it's awesome to know what the teens are up to. This is great. And I think we've pretty much covered it. And it was great yeah, that you came to on catch today. Up. I, I'm glad to hear that you're feeling super like. Oh, chill, monkey, everything and everything. Chill, yeah. and, um, I think that's probably all we need for the episode. How's it going with you and your friend you mentioned uh, once or twice? Clay, Clay Mason, Mason Bam, Everything is really good right now, actually. And it's really important to have strong, you know, other guys in your life that are keeping you accountable. Yeah. Like, would you say he's your best friend? Totally. Yes. Yeah. I like, yeah. Do you have I a have best a, friend? Yeah, I do. I think I have a couple of like really good friends. Are you dating I anyone? Are no. you dating any ladies that you like? Well, I don't like, you know, go out alone or anything with anyone. Yes. But like we've hung out with like some of my friends hang out with some girls and their friends sometimes. Okay. Like, together. Just keep it responsible. There's one girl who's in my um homeroom and homeroom is the one that you always do like active shooter stuff in and so like I, I noticed that anytime we're doing active shooter stuff um this same girl who's really nice like she would always like sit by me and we would talk uh, like uh because in active shooter you have to be like um, just like crouching down all together and she would always be like really close to me and we start talking and so yeah like we kind of have a conversation that's going you know that that we just you know, catch up with any time we do active shooter stuff, which is really cool. Okay, yeah, I don't know if it's cool, but she's really funny. Actually, she started saying this idea that like, um, if if this were like a rom com in twenty twenty two, you know, like a high school rom com or whatever, this would be the meet cute part of the movie where like we met and became friendly in the um active shooter drills. And I I started calling her my drill sergeant because I, she's just like smarter and like cooler than me, and I'm like I'll do whatever you you say in a real drill and you you know you're my drill sergeant okay stuff. okay day anyway it's been awesome to have you on the episode and i think we've covered it okay don't really want to talk about active shooter stuff because it's not positive but if we've got some positive stuff we want to talk about let's go for it <laughs> Because I really value truth, misinformation really, really scares me. And that's why I'm excited to tell you about Conspirituality, a podcast that dismantles new age cults, wellness grifters, and conspiracy mad yogis. At their best, they attack public health efforts in times of crisis. And at their worst, it's like they're recruiting for the fever dream of QAnon. On Conspirituality, you will have a journalist, a cult researcher, and a philosophical skeptic all discussing stories and cult dynamics and helping educate us and using proven science as their guiding light. I really recommend the Jordan Klepper episode talking about creating comedy in the MAGAverse. Jordan's incredible. And I also really love the Medical Medium episode. It's really good and not just because I've had my own weird experiences with mediums. <laughs> From exploring cults to analyzing our cultural and political landscape, the Conspirituality Podcast will help you stay informed against misinformation and resist fear tactics. Find Conspirituality on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so no death, but what about um, eternal life? Yes, there we go. Okay, ding, ding. Way to go, Day. <laughs> That's something I've been thinking about a lot lately, actually, is that 
um, the Bible, it promises us if, you know, as believers, it promises us eternal life, right? Right. But we have to die first. Yeah. So even with the promise of eternal life, there's just no way to get out of dying. Uh, um, right. Yeah. But, but isn't that a- kind of convenient though? You know, like the only thing we actually can be certain of in the whole world is that every single human being on the planet will die. But we Christians, we have this very special deal for, oh, you know, any lucky human who joins our team, we can absolutely positively guarantee eternal life. You know, like yes. it's entirely in our grasp yes. for the low, low price of dying first, like everybody else. But then yay, eternal life will kick in immediately when your body dies for the low, low price of saying some magic words along the lines of dear Jesus, please come into my heart. And then wham, bam, we promise that on the other side of death, everything will instantly be blessed. Well, I do want to interrupt you there, Dave, because it's not a low, low price. It's the ultimate price uh, that Jesus yeah. paid. So it's not just about dying. It's about the price that Jesus paid for us to die. Gotcha. But it's just too right. bad that we got to die first like all the other non-believing schmucks, don't you think? Like, And it's just doubly too bad that we have absolutely zero data or evidence or accounts or proof of, you know, proof that any of that actually does happen after death. The church is just saying like, yeah, you're going to kind of have to just trust us on this. Why do you always got to bring up data? Well, because it just seems kind of convenient from a sales pitch point of view that like you get to promise everything and then deliver on nothing. Like the promise will come to fruition mystically and magically, hopefully, after you shed this mortal coil. But it does make me wonder, you know, like if God is all powerful and the one making the rules of the game and the laws of the universe and all that stuff, like couldn't God just make it possible for a regular human being like you and me to just like ascend into heaven and not have to go through death? Like, wouldn't it be cool to see your loved one in their hospice bed, like start to smile and glow? and have no more pain and start to lift into the sky with a look of pure peace and joy on their face? What? I Okay, no day. Why do we always... It's just like, all I want to do with you, buddy, is talk about some cool stuff and he always got to go here. But no, even, you know, Jesus had to die before he was resurrected. That was the ultimate price. Okay. And yeah, I think that should encourage us day. You know, we follow in his footsteps, just like he he died, he rose again, and then he ascended into heaven. And the Bible tells us that after, you know, we die, we will also ascend into heaven. So it's just not possible to get out of death. That's right. But it's like you go through death to get the ultimate prize. Like on Oprah, you know, when she's like, and you get a prize, and you get a prize, and you get a prize. And that prize is heaven. Yeah. So everybody's got to die. Everybody's got to die day. And I'm sorry I can't keep that part positive, but it is positive that you get to heaven if you accept Jesus. Well, this is positive. Um, how do you explain First Kings then? What do you mean? How do you explain the fact that Elijah ascended to heaven in First Kings without dying first? You got to pull the Elijah card. Do you need me to give you time to look up that story so you can come up with no, an answer? No, it's the first kings. I know it well. It's got all. It's all the first kings are in it. It's just that earlier we were mentioning why God, you know, doesn't lift regular human beings like you or me out of this world and just bring us up to heaven and skip the death thing. Like it sounds like He could. Evidently, He did. According to the Bible, it's possible, but he doesn't. We got to die first and hope that the magic stuff we really believe in happens on the other side. And it's interesting, though, honestly, Gray, like growing up in the church, I learned about the Bible by going to church and having people teach me about what's in the Bible and how to apply it to my life and what to believe. But when things started to not add up to me, like 
what I started to do is like, I started to learn how to put biblical teachings into context to understand them better. And like the fundamental parts of the Jesus story that comprise our basic theology are, would you agree with me? His ministry, his yes, death, yes. his resurrection, ascension yes. and return, right? Totally. Okay. His ministry, death, resurrection, ascension and return. Right. Okay, great. So let's look at that in context and see what we learn. One thing that sticks out to me glaringly right off the bat is that we have many different accounts of Jesus' ministry and death, but not so much about the ascension. Have you ever thought about that? Like it's barely mentioned and only in Luke. And I really never hear much about it being taught in church spaces. And like, why? You know um, what I mean? I mean, there's not much to say else about it, Day. It's the ascension. It's cool. What else you got to say about it? Well, Jesus was Jewish, right? Totally. We agree on that. Well, he was Jewish and then he, you know, well, he was Jesus. So then he kind of became like, a, you know, like a, he, he was Christian basically. Well, Jesus couldn't be a Christian, technically. Why? Because Christian means Christ follower, and it would be really hard to follow yourself. Have like, you ever thought? I've followed myself plenty of times. I'd love to hear more about that. Well, sometimes, like sometimes in CrossFit, you've got to drag a weight sled and you walk backwards. Okay. Well, we agreed that Jesus was Jewish, right? Totally. I mean, and, I, and he was living in Israel a few thousand years ago, right? Right. Okay. Well, let's put that in context. What did the people of his day believe in terms of life and like afterlife? Do you know? Like, what did the Jewish people of Jesus' day think life was and what did they think the afterlife was? Well, I mean, I don't want to presuppose that anybody knows that, but I would guess like until Jesus came along, it was pretty dark and dreary. And then Jesus showed up and they were probably like, awesome. Oh no, we know exactly what that means just by looking at historians and looking at texts and looking at, you know, the actual like scripts of the Bible. But it turns out that Jesus was living in a culture that hadn't been influenced yet by the Greeks. And the Greeks are the ones who came up with the idea of a soul, like around the time of Plato. So actually Jesus had no idea, no concept of anything resembling our modern day idea of a spirit or a soul. I had no idea Plato was that old. I thought that was something that came out in the eighties. No, no, Plato, like Platonic, you know, like oh, yeah, like the philosopher. Well, no, I don't do Peloton. It's too many ladies. Uh, okay. Um. So anyway, you know, uh, so the idea of a soul just simply didn't exist in the for the you know time of the historic Jesus. So in the Jewish framework of Jesus' day, life existed in the body. Okay, and like nowhere else. So breath was life, breathing was living, and when you stop breathing, that was death. And there was no concept of living on in some way, shape, or form without your actual physical body. So a big part of why Jesus had to be resurrected physically before ascending to heaven to be with the Father was because Jesus had no concept of a soul. To him, life, living, being, you know, only existed in the material body. So for him to exist after death, since they didn't have the concept of the soul, the Bible writers had to say that he was physically brought back from the dead and then his physical body floated up into the sky to go be with God in heaven, which raises a bunch of questions about what heaven is and whether or not like, you know, there will be bathrooms there, for instance, for digested food to evacuate a physical bowel, etc. But like, let's just like, well, nobody is thinking about that okay there definitely will be bathrooms if there if there needs to be bathrooms there will be bathrooms because there will be food and feasting right yeah that is right and the bathrooms will not be all gendered or whatever that is okay so um uh so our physical bodies in heaven will be digesting food but won't be gendered right uh, okay no, they will be gendered and they will be digesting food Okay, and that's just 
Um, that's I just know, Day. I just okay. that's instinct. that's just your intuit instinct. Yes. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Not intuition. I don't have that. This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive, licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. Let's cut to Paul and his letters to the Corinthians and um, Thessalonians, Hey, which is actually the earliest text. Did you know that Thessalonians is way older than the Gospels? Oh, yeah, it reads that way. So a few years after the death of Christ, here's Paul, right? You love Paul, right? Love him. He was writing in 1 Corinthians 15 about different types of bodies. See, why would he be doing that? Well, because Paul was a what? Paul was a G. Oh, for Gentile? No, just like, you know, he's the man. Oh, uh, well, uh, anyway, yeah, okay, and he was a Gentile, so... Okay, I guess, I, yeah, if you want to call him, he could be a G, G of a Gentile. So, Paul was obviously influenced by some Hellenistic ideas that were circulating about a soul, you know? So, Paul, who didn't necessarily believe that life only existed physically in the body like Jesus did, Paul wanted to impress some new ideas upon the Jewish people who hadn't embraced the Gentile idea of a separate soul. So Paul started writing about different types of bodies because, hey, back then they believed the spirit was still material, not an invisible ghost or a force like we do today. You know, the early ideas of the soul were that it was still material. It was made up of mass. You know what I mean? But it was like a much finer mass and not as like crude or firm as these physical bodies that we're in now. So Paul argued that a transformation takes place as our physical bodies die a spiritual body that is also material but more sustainable so it can live forever emerges uh, okay well you know i like to talk about bodies i guess so oh yeah good okay well so i don't know which different writers of the new testament you're really into but like luke and john love they them. give a picture love, love. of jesus like they they talk about jesus being raised from the dead with his real body having people touch the wounds and jesus was asking for food yeah. like he was raised from the dead with the digestive yeah, system you'd be like hungry we were after saying three days day. and he course. went to hell for a while jesus woke up an appetite oh yeah he went down and fought the balrog so anyway like so the gospel writers were describing a resuscitated body right that yes. would make sense to the jewish mind Yes. But Paul, talking to a lot of Gentiles who believed in his soul, started describing a transformed body that wouldn't digest food, wouldn't even need to because now it's a more spiritual body. Okay, okay so Mark, you like Mark, right? Mark Love has a Mark. different Mark, yeah, account. Totally. So in the account of Mark, the women arrive at Jesus' tomb and they're told that Jesus' body is gone. Go tell the disciples. And do you remember what happened with the women did? 
uh, yeah, they ran away because that's pretty, you know, that's pretty shocking. That's exactly right. They ran away in terror and they never told anybody. Well, well in typical ladies, right? I got scared, but I don't want to tell you about really what scared me, you know, or whatever ladies do. Oh, man, you're Billy Bush and me on the Access Hollywood bus. What? I just, I'd like to state for the record that I don't agree with all those disgusting representations of women. Sorry, Day, but, you know, I work out a lot and I've learned a lot in the locker room, so. Locker room talk? Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, you were right. The, the women in, in the original story, in the original um, version of Mark, uh, the women run away and they're so terrified. They never tell anybody. I know. But, um, Can't you imagine that? Like, Where's the body? Where's the body? Where's the body? But the version of, of the book of Mark that made it into um, the canonized New Testament obviously has a different end, which I'm sure you're aware of. It doesn't end with them running away and never telling anyone because much later, scribes added 12 verses to the end of the book of Mark to close up the whole story in a nice, neat bow. So the scribes, they had you know narrative ideas from the other gospel accounts at this point. So they added these 12 verses to put a nice bow on the story. The final verses, they added that um, the women went and then they told the disciples. And so then the disciples went and met with Jesus. And then Jesus told them to make disciples of all nations. And then he also mentioned that anyone who believes in him can drink poison and handle snakes. Cool, helpful tips for modern living, Jesus. Thanks. Or sorry, not Jesus. Scribes. Thanks. Cool, scribes. Well, you don't want to be handling snakes. I think that is a good tip. And as you know, I live in Australia. I lived in Australia. One time my grandfather got bit in the face by a snake. Oh, whoa. Is he okay? No, well, his face swelled up like it was a whoopee cushion made out of uh, durian. <laughs> what? Uh, that's funny. Not funny day. He drove himself to the hospital that way. Oh, I'm sorry. And they laughed at him there, too. Did he make it? To the hospital? Yeah. No. Oh, no. No, he did. I just wanted you to feel bad. You should never, be say, you should never say stuff like that, Day, because you don't know. I'm sorry. It's like asking ladies if they're pregnant or whatever. Just don't say anything. Yeah, anyway, how about like never it, comment yeah. on anybody's body ever? Because there's really right. no reason to. Not their I, hair, not their complexion, not their body, yeah, not their weight, I not never their anything. Ever. I never do that. Cool. Except at the gym. Go on. Well, we could look at the book of John. Do you like the do you like John? One of my G's, one of my favorites. Uh well, you know, like John was also trying to emphasize that Jesus rose in flesh, you know, and went to heaven in the flesh because okay. he also had no idea of a soul. Like to him and to Jesus the afterlife meant that, you know, a dead body was reanimated. Like Jesus believed that God would raise everyone from the dead reward the followers with breathing new life into their old body and then the non-believers would experience a second death that's actually what jesus thought you know that like that god would raise everybody reanimate the christians and then um re-kill the dead people but actually that's kind of way more compassionate to be annihilated by god even though it's a second time rather than being tormented forever in hell like you know the idea of an eternal hell wasn't familiar to jesus either because hell would decimate a physical body and not torment it for all eternity you know but that also means that jesus didn't believe in heaven like the way we think of heaven as some other dimension you know what i mean like jesus mentioned the kingdom of heaven um, and he was talking about our bodies becoming reanimated here on earth. Like there was no separate otherworldly heaven. 
Like uh, the standard Christian view that we hold today of heaven is a mixture of what Jesus was talking about. And then we added in a bunch of like platonic philosophy, honestly. Like, so I don't know. It raises a lot of questions. Like did the resurrection really happen? Or did yes. a bunch of Jesus followers, you know, hoping to salvage the message of their dead leader, did they all say that, yeah, I saw him and so did she and so did he and like a bunch of us saw him and he said a bunch of stuff that buttons everything up real nicely and he gave us a mission and then he pieced out by flying up into the sky. Day that is very offensive. Maybe you should start thinking about living biblically again, biblically again, and I... I I just don't, I mean... Okay, should we start over and, like, should I ask you this time before we fist bump? No, just, okay, finish your thought. Well, let's look at that one tiny mention of the Ascension that only comes in the book of Luke, and let's put it in context, shall we? Like, so ancient Near Eastern cosmology believed in what could be described as a three-tiered universe. Have you heard of that? Like, so in other words... What world do nail technicians have to do with with the universe no i'm talking about the ancient near eastern mind of like the origins of stuff like cosmology you know the origins and and the ancient near eastern mind those are the writers of the bible so these are things you like wow cosmology has really changed i guess over the years well have you heard of the three-tiered universe uh no well it's what all these guys that you really like matthew mark luke john all of them is how they saw the world like because back then they didn't have satellites or photographs or like air travel so they didn't know the earth was a sphere they believed that we were living in like a three-storied world essentially like heaven is up there above our heads that's the top floor and then we here on land we're in the middle floor and then the underworld or hell ooh, is literally beneath our feet down there like the bad place like scary yeah i don't know day sometimes i even think like is it round because like i've seen some pretty wild videos on youtube okay well anyway so this is why the writer of Luke described Jesus as floating up into the clouds. Have you ever thought about that? Like the image of the ascension yeah, in Luke? Yeah, that'd be sick. Because <laughs> like Luke and his audience thought that the cosmos was a three-storied structure with the earth in the middle, heaven above, hell below. Like, okay. Well, the three-storied universe is hard for modern minds to reckon with because now we know the earth is a sphere, obviously. Well... Most of us. But um, since Luke didn't know that, he created a narrative that to the modern mind is like kind of an embarrassing description, don't you think? Like, you know, is that why we don't hear much about the Ascension from the pulpit today? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like maybe Jesus' followers just needed a reason for why Jesus stopped appearing after his death. They, I preached on the Ascension this year. Don't you remember I showed those awesome videos of me and Clay when we were down in Key West and we both rented the hydro flying suits? And, and I was like, guys, this is as close as you can get, right? Remember that? We had the, we had the uh, X-board suits on and the hydro flying? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, think about Jesus doing that minus the, the whole thing shooting water down and stuff. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. You and you and Clay were kind of like um, Kristen Bell and Catherine Hahn in WandaVision, just shooting up into the sky and kind of hovering there. I don't, I don't even know any of the things you just said. Never heard of him. Anyway, I was just gonna, I guess, close by saying that you know, maybe Jesus' followers needed a reason for why he stopped appearing after his death, and maybe what really happened, you know, after the death of a spiritual teacher 
was that a bunch of his followers were like, I saw him, we talked, he gave us like, you know, really grand, awesome marching orders, and then he ascended. So nothing to see here, everybody, just turn your attention to captivating and colonizing the planet. Sorry, the three-storied universe. It's just pretty wild, you know, that we don't hear much about the ascension of Jesus in the modern church setting because it's so important to basic theology. Uh, okay, day. Well, I could go hard right now, and that is something that I have done on you before. And what I'm thinking, though, is I'm going to stay true to what I said at the beginning, which was I am going to have a chill conversation with you. And I'm going to pray for you because I know all will be revealed. Oh, thanks, man. And I'm just practicing patience with you and kindness. I appreciate that. And even though you can be a bit, uh, I hate to use the word, like a bit of a little idiot. I'm sorry. You know, it's just that stuff is all in, it's all good, man. It's all good. Fist bump because um, Jesus and and, uh, Christ specifically are going to reveal themselves to you himself you know what i mean yeah i'll face bump you man and um you know what i can tell you that in the last 24 hours i haven't i don't want to so i don't want to know that i'm pure I don't man want to know that day put I, it up give it to me i don't want to ever come know in that. for a hug man no come on, i man. don't ever want to know on, that man i don't want to know on, that man give me a hug dad. knock it off come on stop it give me a hug Okay, folks, that's our episode. De Labonte was played by none other than Holly Laurent. Hey, it's the holidays, and that's a perfect time to join our Patreon. You'll get the entire catalog ad-free, weekly, midweek, mini-pods, perks, discounts, and that warm, fuzzy feeling of supporting your favorite podcast. Head on over to patreon.com slash mega the podcast. It really is the best way to support mega and keep us pumping these things out every single week. Thanks and happy holidays.